0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Bioethics Podcast with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Pikus, and in my podcast, I discuss all different bioethical issues, and I give my amazing listeners both sides of view. Hopefully through this podcast, you can gain some clarity with me and help inform your future decisions. Today's podcast is Bioethics Episode 1, To Vaccinate Your Children or Not. That is the question. So, if you do get the vaccine, or you know of vaccines, you probably know they are everyone's least favorite part of a doctor's appointment. No one likes getting a shot. But what actually is a vaccine? Why do some children get vaccinated, and why do others not? In this podcast, I will first introduce what a vaccine is, then go into why some parents are for vaccines, why some are against them and then dive into some of the ethical debates and difficulties. So what actually is a vaccine? So a vaccine is a weakened or dead set virus that is injected into your system safely. So if you actually end up with this specific virus or bacteria, your body will know how to fight it off. Sounds simple enough, but it isn't. Whether to vaccinate children is a large ethical issue. And by the end of the podcast, you'll understand the two sides and the controversies. So we're going to start off with the pro-vaccine side. Why do parents choose to vaccinate their kids? One of the main reasons people choose to vaccinate their children is to protect them from contracting the disease. Andrew Bonwood, who's a pediatrics infectious disease expert at Loyola University Health Systems, notes that vaccinating our children against whooping cough and other illnesses is the best way we can protect them. The next best defense we have for children is good hand-washing technique and also not sending children to school, daycare, or after-school programs if they are sick. When your child gets sick, being fully vaccinated helps your doctor simplify the evaluation and can lead to a quicker, more accurate diagnosis. Dr. Bonwit's thoughts on the vaccine demonstrate that he believes it should be a natural part of keeping your child safe. It also implies that hand washing is not enough to protect your child, and if you want to keep your child safe and healthy, you must vaccinate them. In addition, he also notes how vaccinating can make a doctor's appointment a lot more smooth because the doctor is more informed because your child is fully vaccinated and thus has to play less guessing games. He recommends children be vaccinated for the following diseases before kindergarten. Measles, mumps, rubella, better known as MMR, polio, whooping cough, and chicken pox. Furthermore, Dr. Heidi Remmer, Renner, who is a primary care physician at Loyola University Health Systems, says that vaccinations will keep your child and the community safe. This is because the more people that are vaccinated, the less easily the germs can travel, which keeps your child's commu- which, keep, which keeps your child's community safe. In addition, even though your child may not have gotten such a bad dose of a certain disease, they could pass it on to someone who is immunocompromised, and that person could have a really bad time. So, it is known that vaccines protect your child and other children, but what is the overall impact of them? So, according to the FDA, although it was declared that measles had been eliminated, cases still existed, with the majority of people contracting it who were not vaccinated. Contracting measles can cause ammonia, brain swelling, and possibly death. Thus, vaccines help ensure that there are not public health crises due to outbreaks and thus are an effective way to reduce epidemics and eradicate one's lethal diseases. So the example with the example with measles shows that even if we think a disease is gone, it may still be there and not being vaccinated could have big could have dire effects and lethal effects. So not only can vaccines keep your child and community safe, but they are also a major money saver. The CDC notes that for every dollar spent on vaccinations, our country saves $10.90. This amount adds up as more people get vaccinated. In addition, the CDC estimates that for the vaccination of children, born between 1994 and 2018, it has saved the United States nearly $406 billion in direct medical costs and $1.88 trillion in total society costs, which is obviously a lot. So I just touched on some of the positives of vaccines and some of the reasons why parents are for vaccinating their children, such as keeping your child and their community safe, eradicating less lethal diseases, and saving money. These all seem like such great things, so why aren't all parents vaccinating their children? Well, one reason is due to possible side effects. The United States Department of Health and Human Services notes that common side effects are sore arm, mild fever, and pain. But there are some serious side effects, such as difficulty breathing, swelling of your face and throat, a fast heartbeat, And a bad rash all over your body, dizziness, and weakness. So these are some scary symptoms and this is one of the reasons why parents are against it. The CDC notes that um, 1 out of 1 million children have the possibility of getting a deathly allergic reaction from the vaccine that carries it. So I know what you're thinking, a 1 in a million chance that's slim, but still, Parents want to do their best to protect their children, and if they know something could kill the child, they may not want to do it. Another reason why people are against vaccines is due to effectiveness. Individuals question the effectiveness of the vaccine because if they do not work, then why are they subjecting their children to these chemicals? So you are probably familiar with the flu and the flu vaccine. However, several studies have shown that it may not be as effective as you think. A study done by Dr. Monto found that individuals who were vaccinated from the flu two years in a row seemed to contract it. Of the 125 individuals in a study who contracted the flu, 59% were vaccinated. Another study further demonstrated this claim. The Mayo Clinic found that children who had asthma and received the flu vaccine were more at risk to be hospitalized than children who did not. Thus, if vaccines are not entirely effective, some question why they should subject their child to it if their child will just end up sick anyways. So parents not only oppose vaccines for their child through the side effects and effectiveness, but also religious views. There are two main reasons some religious groups oppose vaccinating their children. One is that they believe the human body is sacred and should be healed by natural means or by God, not by chemicals. They also don't believe in the way vaccines are created, which is through using human tissues. Vaccines are developed by human cell strain. So what is a cell strain, you might ask? Well, a cell strain is a population of cells taken from a cell line. It is obtained through a selection of cells that have been obtained through cloning. Thus, the Catholic Church groups that are against abortion raise ethical questions about the creation of vaccines, and do not think it is right since they are made using using cell lines from aborted fetuses. This is similar to the abortion debate. Christian groups also oppose the HPV vaccine since they believe it allows children to engage in sexual behavior which this religion frowns upon. I just demonstrated that religious groups such as the Catholic Church and Christians oppose the vaccines because they believe it goes against their religion but also there exists mistrust in vaccines by minority groups. So a famous study is the Tuskegee Syphilis Study. It was conducted in 1932. It was a clinical trial conducted with African Americans and basically they were denied appropriate treatment. This study is a key reason why African Americans have an overall distrust of medical and public health interventions, which includes vaccines. Centuries of unfair treatment have caused skepticism of vaccines among African Americans as they feel they fear they will yet again be treated unfairly with the vaccines. So so far, I have told you why some people want their child vaccinated, others do not. But now I am going to go into some of the ethical debates related to vaccines. One of them is mandates: Should we or should we not mandate vaccines, especially for children? In the court case Jacobson versus Massachusetts in 1905, Massachusetts passed a law forcing all residents of Massachusetts to be vaccinated from smallpox, which is a ra- which was a raging epidemic at the time. If anyone refused, they would be fined or could face prison time. Mr. Jacobson refused, and this case was eventually brought to the Supreme Court. Jacobson argued that by forcing vaccines, Massachusetts was violating his liberty liberties and his right to make decisions about his body. The state noted that the benefits of vaccinations outweighed the harm to individual liberty, especially when vaccines would help this outbreak which threatens society. The court decided to vote in favor of the state and noted that when in the public health crisis, the state can implement laws that may not be in the best interest of the constitutional law if they are helping solve a larger issue at hand. They, the court, however, did agree that this order did impact freedom and liberty. However, it was valid given the severity of smallpox. Although the court decided in favor of the state, many people believe requiring vaccinations is unfair and un, and violates civil liberties. This was a severe case requiring individuals to be vaccinated for the flu, mumps, and measles are not, when there are not current outbreaks, and thus should not be required due to civil liberties. Not only have mandates been in place for an epidemic such as smallpox, but the debate over mandates also occurs in schools. For example, Massachusetts announced a mandatory flu vaccination for all children six months or older who were attending school in the state. This led to many protesting this, with parents with parents arguing that parents should have the right to decide for their children, especially since children were not allowed to go to school if they were not vaccinated, it backs them into a corner. And forces cho- forces parents to vaccinate their children when they should have a right to decide whether what, what they are putting in their child's body parents believe, so these two cases represent one of the controversies of vaccine mandates. should people people deserve the liberty to do what they want to do, but where is the line drawn? Does helping the public during an epidemic by forcing people to get vaccinated infringe upon their rights? It also asks the question of what is the balance between personal choice and protection of members at risk in a population. Also, as I previously touched on religion, it is difficult to tell someone to not follow their religion for the greater good if religion is that important to them. Another ethical issue from vaccines is access. When vaccines are in short supply, medical providers must make decisions about who should and who, is most vulnerable, who must be left vulnerable to disease when demand rises and more people want the vaccine, the wealthy will probably have more access than the poor, which furthers this divide. This brings up the debate of who is deserving of the vaccine, whether all lives are equal and deserving of this. In addition, it's difficult to decide which group should be given priority and ensure that all low-income groups get afforded the same opportunities as those higher-income groups. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast on the controversy of vaccinating children. For my podcast, I hope you learned about why vaccines are commonly used, why some people are for and some people are against it for their children. I also hope you learned about some of the debates with vaccines, such as with mandates and distributing vaccines, and why it is so controversial. I hope you have a great day.